Hello, everyone, and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands, and I'm joined today by Pam Didner, who is a B2B and tech marketing consultant, author of three books on the subject, and an upcoming speaker at our event, Ignite USA, uh, which takes place on the 23rd to the 24th of May in the Willis Tower in Chicago. So, Pam, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, How are you, first of all? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me, David. It's wonderful to be actually on your podcast. Yeah, well, thank you very much for joining. Um, my, my first question then, I suppose, is just for anyone who's not really familiar with you and your work, mm-hmm. can you just share with us a bit about your journey in B2B and how you got to where you are today? Great question. Mine is actually a twist of fate. I did not uh, actually anticipate I would be a marketer when I grew up. <laughs> I was actually a finance accounting uh, person and uh, I was doing that for a long period of time. And I was happened to be in a company, a global company that encouraged people to move around. And so I... Um, from finance and accounting, I moved to operations, I moved to supply chain management. I actually was on the manufacturing floor for a little bit. And then one of my managers actually moved into the marketing operations and asked me if I'm interested joining him. And that's how I got a taste of the marketing is actually joining the operations side of things, which is I'm I was which is I'm very, very good. And then from there, I moved to a front end, eventually doing the event marketing and uh, partner marketing, supporting sales, and and then creating strategy for uh, a lot of countries uh, at that time. So I created a global strategy, and then the country marketing manager can take and run with it to creating a campaign. And that's how I got where I, uh, I am today. It's really a twist of fate. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, that's a that's a great bit of experience to have. I mean, so often marketers are accused of being, you know, their heads up in the clouds and they're just thinking about creative ideas and stuff. But you've got that financial background. Have you found that that's been a really sort of useful footing for your career? Yes, I actually do. So when I join the marketing team, I always feel like I'm a black sheep. Um, because I was not marketing ma- uh, major and the idea didn't come directly, if you will, from kind of like a marketing career path. And uh, for several years, I feel quite left out. But once I got into the job of marketing, I found uh, project management and uh, have a sense of uh, uh, how money, how budget is planned. On top of it, how to work with vendors. Uh, especially when I was on supply chain, I deal with a lot of vendors that all that techno- all that knowledge, if you will, and the tribal knowledge and know how actually apply to marketing. And uh, once I get the the kind of the the jargons and also the terms and how marketing works, and I have discovered all my past experience actually applied. Sure thing. And obviously, you know, you've you've made a huge success of your career in marketing and you've uh, written several books, as I've discussed. So, um, you know, what were you trying to achieve? What challenge were you trying to help marketers overcome when writing about effective sales enablement and global content marketing? That's a great question. That these two actually come from my own experience. And one of them is. Um, how to scale content across regions. And I was in a global company for a long period of time. And I had to work very closely with many countries and their regions. And a lot of challenges we run into when you have a global enterprise is how to scale. And so I wrote that book uh, with the the intention to actually help other marketers. If you work with the different regions, you can create content. How do you work with them to actually scale your content? The other one is effective sales enablement. And uh, that was also my own experience of supporting sales as a marketer. 
And a lot of us are actually, especially in this time, which is, an, I, I would say a little bit on the downturn. And um, we have to really show our value and uh, work with the sales. And not all of us know how to work with sales because you cannot think like a marketer. And my experience was like supporting sales required me at that time to think a little bit differently. And I shared that experience in both books. Sure thing. Well, we can leave links for description, um, links in the description, sorry, for both books as well, if anyone wants to check those out in full. Um, but just talking about content um, specifically for a second, you know, everyone knows this phrase, content is king, which I think was Bill yeah. Gates in the 90s at some point. Um, but it also seems like, you know, everyone has a different idea of what great content actually looks like in B2B. Um, so when thinking about content marketing strategy, what questions do you think marketers should be asking themselves and how should they ensure they're going to be delivering something of genuine value to their audience? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, a lot of time for this specific question, I always encourage B2B marketers to look inward. We all have this tendency to look at outside and do Google search and uh, read tons of blogs and watch tons of video and find out what other people are doing and create the, the good content. But from my perspective, it's very important for all the B2B marketers to look inward. What I mean by that is try to understand your customers deeply, deeply, you know, really understand what their challenges and pain point. That's on one side of it. And the other side is understand your product deeply, understand what your product can really do and how does your product different and unique compared with your competitors. Then try to map that. When I try to map that is addressed um, the company and uh, address the, the product talking point in the context of how to solve your audience and your customer's problem. Try to understand that and do that first. Then the content, what kind of content, what form of content will come naturally. Is that helpful? I know I, I'm not telling you like, oh, you should create a video. You should write a blog. You should have a TikTok. To me, that is secondary. The first one is understand your customers so well, understand your product so well, then explain your product in a way they can understand. If you can come from that perspective, the format, the story, everything you're going to tell will come naturally. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful. And like, you know, there's never going to be a one size fits all for, for no. any content marketing yeah, strategy. I totally agree. That, that's why marketing is so hard compared with any kind of IT practice or any, any HR, because marketing is squishy. And also everybody has a different marketing stack. That means our marketing processes are different from company to company. So that's why it's very challenging. It's very hard to find what's out there and how can that best apply to me? If you want mm -hmm. to know that, again, you have to know yourself well in order to understand what can apply to you. Yeah. And you mentioned there, of course, you know, it's important to really understand your customer deeply and, and your own product as well. Do you think That's as true. well, it's important to know, to really understand your kind of your brand purpose, your brand image, so that when you're creating content, you're really creating content that represents you as a business? Yes, it does. So what you are saying is actually kind of like a brand personality, right? For example, if you are a little, your company is actually more formal or a little bit, um, it's more on the 
on the business, not business casual, but business side. Then there are some type of content when you create, if it's very humor driven, it may not be on brand. Does that make sense? So yeah. a lot of times people will say, oh, you know what? The humor really is good. And I want to kind of create like sketches to actually tell about our products. That's actually a great idea. That also may be a great way to tell a story about your product. But you brought a very good point. You need to think about it if, if this is on brand. If this is like your, your brand always being perceived. And if you do that, will that be so out of brand that people is not going to make a connection, uh, 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 you know, like psychologically and also emotionally. So I do agree with that. So the brand personality usually come into the kind of like a look and feel and the tone in terms of how you create your story. Yeah, sure thing. Now, another one of your, you know, your books focus on um, sales enablement. So I'd like to cover a bit of that as well. Um, sure. Now, obviously, sales enablement isn't something you can just sort of implement overnight. And it takes a lot of serious planning and consideration yeah. and processes in place. So for anyone listening who knows that they need to start working with sales closer, but they don't necessarily know where to start, where do they start? You know, what steps should they be rolling out to get a full sales enablement function in their organization? You know, a lot of B2B marketers are so good at their jobs. I have met excellent, seasoned B2B marketers. They can create a marketing plan. They know how to run campaigns. They know digital well. You know, they can do a lot of stuff. But come down supporting sales, some of them feel they stuck. No matter what they do, sales don't appreciate them. I can totally understand that. I've been there as well. From my perspective, it's not what you can do for your sales team. Is you need to understand what they actually need. So the first thing is actually talk to as many salespeople as possible and also talk to the VP of the sales or the sales director at different regions. It's very important. Try to understand and talk to them. They're going to give you a laundry list. You know what? We need that. No, we actually need content. Wait a minute. We actually need you to work on some of the accounts and create customized account uh, materials for us. Oh, you know what? We need to do you. We need to do events. So you're going to get a laundry list of things. A lot of B2B marketers, they don't want to talk to sales because they're going to get a laundry list of things. They feel they are obligated to do them all. No, you don't. Go talk to them. Understand what their needs are. Right. And that you have to understand you don't have to satisfy every single request. You can prioritize. You know, there, once you talk to so many of them, you will see some commonalities. And there are some stuff they really need. Then you're going to prioritize that. And the, most of the salespeople understand you have finite resources and budget. So you prioritize based how you think you should better support them. And then present that information to them and get their buy-in. Right. Talk to them, number one, interview them, understand their needs and then prioritize based on your understanding of it. Then have a plan and review with them to get by in. That would be the steps I would go through to support sales. Mm. Now, on the subject of um, supporting sales, you are, of course, running a session at uh, Ignite USA um, yeah. and it's titled How Can Marketing and Marketing Ops Better Support Sales in a Changing Environment? So. First of all, what do you mean by changing environment and why do you think it's changing in the first place? Well, Microsoft just announced two weeks ago and today is um, January, the end of January, and they're going to lay off 10,000 people. 
and Microsoft for longest time has never laid off, you know, huge amount of people. And this is like a first time. And then before that in Q4, there's a sleuth of the tech companies are laying off people. And uh, I don't think that will stop because they have seen the demand for their product is softening. That's why they are proactively taking a lot of initiative to actually maintain their cost and also their revenue. And so that's when I say the changing environment, that's what I meant. The market is getting soft and the people are getting let go. And with this kind of environment, what can you do to demonstrate your value add? And um, the key things uh, for my section at Ignite is if you are B2B marketer supporting sales and you're doing a great job, great. But if you are B2B marketer supporting sales and you kind of hit the wall, in my session, I want to talk about in terms of what you can do to overcome that. Or if you are B2B marketers or any marketers are actually exploring to support sales, welcome to my session. I will share with you in terms of what you should do. And so you don't make the mistakes I made when I started supporting sales. Well, thanks for doing the hard work for all our listeners so they don't have to make those mistakes. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> so in the title of the session again, I mean, you say, uh, how can marketing and marketing ops better support sales in a changing environment? So focusing on marketing operations specifically, um, what role do you think they play in supporting sales? Because I think typically we think of sales enablement being more of a, you know, like a mindset shift and how you, you think about your relationship with sales. But do you think the technology behind the scenes also plays a, a crucial role? Oh, huge. And uh, in the modern marketing, and you can also use the term digital marketing. In digital marketing or modern marketing, um, you cannot really do marketing anymore unless you have a marketing stack. For example, email marketing. Can you imagine doing that manually? Absolutely right? not. <laughs> or if you have a paid media effort, can you imagine that doing manually? You, we can't. So Technology plays a huge role in modern marketing, period. But the things for the marketers to understand, and this is one thing that marketers tend to feel sure, me included, by the way. When we talk about technology, we're like, oh my God, Ugh. and we feel overwhelmed because technology is not necessarily our forte, right? We are very good at copywriting. We are very good at selecting creative concepts for our campaigns. We are even very, very good at creating campaigns and integrate all the channels together. But not necessarily in our forte is how to integrate a different technology together in the back end. So one thing I want to make sure everybody understands is in order to scale, you need technology support. But technology is not a strategy. Technology is only a means to help you to get somewhere, right? And uh, do spend time, work with the vendors or your IT people to understand the back end, educate yourself. The more you understand the back end, the more you understand how that will impact the front end. And that's gonna help do your job over a period of time. And I learned that in a hard way too. Yeah, same yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, say, you know, very sage advice indeed. Um, so, you know, back to your session at Ignite USA specifically, then, what do you Sorry. think that attendees can expect to learn from attending? The number one things I'm sharing with everybody is how to put a plan together. Okay. If you are supporting sales, how do you put a sales enablement plan together? Number two, I will also share with you in terms of what kind of question you should use to interview your sales. Number three, which is very, very important is to understand sales mindset. I would like to share with you in terms of based on my experience working with them, what is their mindset? How 
is that different from say marketing mindset? Number four is content mapping. On the marketing side, we have a lot of content, but how can we map it or classify them in a way that sales can understand? So these are several things I will talk about. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think the sales mindset bit in particular stands out to me because I think marketers and, you know, I'm I'm very guilty of this as well. Obviously, I work for a company called B2B Marketing. We get yeah. in our marketing bubble, but sales is, is such an important part of the role. You, you have to yeah. learn from them, right? I mean, if you ignore sales, it's not you're not going to get very far. Exactly. I mean, to your point, David, the key things is a lot of sales are hunters, right? They have a hunter's mindset. When I mention that is... Like if they talk to a prospect and the, and the prospect say, you know what? I love your products, but I don't have a budget right now. And the sales were like, okay, you don't have a budget. You know what? I'll talk to you later. They immediately move on to another target is a hunter's mindset. But for marketers, if somebody told us they don't have a budget, the only thing we can think about is we have to nurture them, right? So we mm -hmm. are thinking about, we're going to continue talking to them, but sales already move on to a different target. So when I'm talking about sales and marketing's mindset, that's one difference. And you need to acknowledge it and understand how salespeople think. They move on very quickly. And, the, you know, like marketer was like, we are still talking about this. And the sales world was like, you know what? They don't have a budget. That's focused on the other prospect. So we need to move fast when you work on the sales side. Yeah, absolutely. So my final question for you today, Pam, and then we'll let you head off. Um, a new phrase that's sort of gaining a lot of attention in the past few weeks. And some people say it's a buzzword. Other people say it's just a reality. Um, uh -huh. It's the word polycrisis. So in other words, as I understand it, multiple crises all happening at once, cascading into basically a, a pretty negative outlook for, for human beings generally. Um, so obviously that's not particularly cheerful, is it? But how do you think yeah. that marketers can survive or even thrive in the midst of a so-called poly crisis? You know, I completely understand what you said. If you, so I think social media is a culprit. <laughs> like for us feel like, you know, poly crisis. And um, I personally feel that uh, in order for us to get up every single day, there got to be something that we look forward to. Like if I get up today, I was like, oh my God, you know what? I'm going to do yoga. Yay. Or if I get up today, I say, oh my God, I'm going to talk to David. Yay. So it doesn't matter what kind of crisis you are in. You, you need to have a sense of positivity about the future. Otherwise, it's hard to pull yourself up. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So on one hand, you're going to stuck. All of us are like in the crisis all the time. There's always things to do. There's always deadline to make, make, uh, made. And there are always things falling apart, especially campaigns. I mean, I have not seen like a fully flawless campaigns. There's always something goes, there's always something goes wrong. And uh, we are always in the midst of that. We are always in the trenches trying to fix that. So we are already in poly crisis to some extent on a daily basis. And you, my perspective, I think all of us are managing it to some extent. But at the same time, you, too, you do need to actually have a sense of positivity with you and say, you know what, I can get through this. I can, make it, I, I, can, I can fix this. I can make it go. And you will be fine. At the end of the day, it shall pass. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but but to your point, one second, one second. It's very important, you know. Even though we deal with the crisis, a uh, crisis. Sorry, it's it's one. It's 
it's important to have a solid plan. And uh, when you have a solid plan, no matter how things go, you always can come back to your plan and know that what you need to do and then, you know, take it from there. Yeah, some positivity and a solid plan and all should be well. So that's a lovely place to uh, leave it. So Pam, thank you very much for joining me. Um, Just a very quick reminder to our uh, audience, our listeners, um, Ignite USA is due to take place on the 23rd to the 24th of May at the Willis Tower in Chicago. So if you're interested in attending Pam's session or many others, uh, just follow the link in the description to learn more. Pam, yes? Yes. I would like to tell everybody, if you are checking out my session and you have specific questions, feel free to send me the question on LinkedIn or any social media channel. I promise you I will address your question head on if you come to the session. Great stuff. Well, everyone listening, you know where to find Pam. So thank you very much and we'll see you soon.